the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Another day, another city, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yesterday, Atlanta, the day before, Orlando. Tomorrow, Pittsburgh. On this battleground tour for Salem. And tonight, we're expecting 1,200 people here in Philadelphia. I don't know if there are any seats left. Contact WNTP. AM 990. Uh, talking about Philadelphia, I'm sorry to... Uh, <laughs> I, I feel terrible. I'm coming to this city. A lot of wonderful people here, needless to say. And I, I see this article here on the Daily Wire. Catholic priest carjacked in Philadelphia. One of over 1,000 carjackings this year alone. 1,000 carjackings here in Philadelphia. What do you say what do you say to that? How, how do people vote for the Democratic Party? On what moral grounds do they do it? On even what grounds of self-interest, forget morality. It, it's, it, it's one of the truly amazing phenomena. Now, all phenomena are amazing by definition of being a phenomenon. Nevertheless, some phenomena are more amazing than others. Catholic priest was the latest victim of a carjacking in Philadelphia. According to local news outlets, four suspects approached the 64-year-old priest as he was unloading a wheelchair from his trunk on the 2100 block of Somerset Street in the Kensington neighborhood of Philadelphia. The priest, a member of the Society of Jesus, was with a passenger when he was attacked. The suspects reportedly threw the passenger out, then took off with the car. How do you like that? The, these are moral equivalents of Nazis. These are people who have contempt for human beings other than themselves. That's it. What, what can one say? except that they have been emboldened by the left. It's usually someone uh, who's black, and there is no question that aside from the belief that it's okay now to, to uh, be a criminal, that's more or less the message of the Democratic Party. You, won't, you don't have to pay bail. You won't be sentenced for long. But there is also... As I've written, I wrote 25 years ago, thinking you're a victim 
very often leads you to be a worse human being. If you think you're a victim, you think that normal moral rules don't apply to you because you have been so victimized, you can, you can lash out. So the combination of anger and victimhood produces bad people. So you have a disproportionate number of these murders in cities taking place uh, by uh, blacks, males almost all the time, but not all the time, increasingly also females. And it is there's the absence of fathers and the absence of religion and the culture saying you're a victim. This is a very terrible combination. People don't talk about it because most people are cowards. That's the reason they don't talk about it. Every, everybody knows what I said is true, but you can't say it because you're afraid to say it because the left will censor you or smear you or both. And that's, that's, the, that's the state of America in 2022. You can't say the truth because the left will smear you. Really quite something, isn't it? Well, my belief in a good and just God gets me through the day, and they will have to answer for the destruction they have wrought before the King of Kings, the Supreme One, the ultimate arbiter of human beings. So it's been fascinating to go around the country, well, not really around the east here, Florida up to Georgia, up to Pennsylvania, and tomorrow, western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. And the crowds, of course, being very enthusiastic. I'm with my colleagues, Mike Gallagher and Sebastian Gorka. Be joined in Pittsburgh, I believe, by Hugh Hewitt. Sebastian will be leaving from Philadelphia after the event tonight. We've had a wonderful time together. He announced yesterday on his national radio show that he resented the fact that while he was broadcasting, I was seated in some Atlanta cigar lounge, luxuriating in a cigar. He is his lover. He's as big a lover of cigars as I am, and it caused him some degree of pain knowing the pleasure that I was having at a cigar lounge. I texted my wife at about the same time, and she said, oh, you're smoking a cigar. And I thought, how does she in Los Angeles know that I in Atlanta am smoking a cigar? Is she monitoring my Google account? Which is fine with me, but I still was curious. How did you know that? She said, oh, I just heard it on the radio. It's a, it's a strange world when your wife learns where you are because a national radio show announced it. <laughs> so people have been uh, wonderful, very warm. I pose with a lot of selfies for a lot of selfies with people. And I've been signing my latest book, Deuteronomy. I can't tell you how good I feel that so many people who never in their lives would have thought they'd buy a Deuteronomy commentary have done so. I understand so well 
that the crisis is a religious crisis, the post-Judeo-Christian, if you will, the post-Bible world, is the world of, of the idiot. That's what it is. It's the world of the idiot. When you reject wisdom, you become an idiot. And that's what the secular world has done. It has rejected wisdom. There are some wise individuals, obviously, but the the world itself, it has rejected wisdom. It has rejected liberty. It has rejected wisdom. It has rejected moral norms. If you say men don't give birth, you are now ostracized from any professional group virtually in this country. You realize how fast this idiocy has taken over people? Do you know how many of your kids believe men give birth? Do you know that they're the first people in the history of the world to believe that? Do you realize you talk about rejection of wisdom, there's the rejection of reality that is taking place? To say that men give birth, do you understand what a gigantic absurdity and lie you have You have allowed yourself to believe and say? Do you understand that the American Medical Association and almost every children's hospital now says that? Do you understand the sickness that pervades the society? And it is all because it's post-biblical, my friends. That's why I'm so passionate about my latest commentary on Deuteronomy. You want, you want to have a, a, the only vaccine against the left is the Bible. There is no secular vaccine against the left. Sorry. I wish there were, by the way. I, I, anything that would combat that evil would be a good thing. But there is no secular vaccine. That's why the left hates Christianity, because it's the dominant religion. And that is the, the antidote to what they're doing. So it's really a, a, a wonderful feeling as I sign all these Deuteronomy commentaries at the, in Atlanta and Orlando tonight, Philadelphia, tomorrow, Pittsburgh. People, people, at least some people, of course, not all by any means. I don't delude myself about that. Not all. That's why I don't revel in achievements. I, I'm preoccupied with how much I haven't done. This is just a, a personal note, not, not necessarily of importance, but thought I'd share that with you. So I welcome you to Philadelphia, which just experienced its 1,000th carjacking. You realize people talk about trauma. That's traumatizing. Man dragged to his death recently in a carjacking. He was stuck on the door, and the beast that uh, kept driving obviously killed him, dragging him through the streets. Dennis Prager here to share a product that can help keep everyone more healthy, Cofix RX. Most of us know that viruses of all types are a part of life. What we don't always know are the right products that could be protecting us. So I'd like to tell you about Cofix RX and its doctor-approved secret ingredient. As a safety measure, many doctors and nurses have been using iodine to swab their noses for decades. Iodine has been in use since 1811, and 96% of us are iodine deficient. 
using Cofix RX antiviral nasal spray with povidone iodine is a smart way to stay healthy. Cofix RX is made right here in the USA. It's simple to use. You spray it up your nose and the iodine destroys germs and pathogens where they multiply in the nasal cavity. Check out CofixRx.com, that's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com, for a retailer near you, or use the coupon code Prager for 20% off at CofixRx.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. So, i just like to bring to your attention that the President of the United States, who is daily does something horrible to hurt this country. It's a very sick state of affairs, I must say. So the latest is, I want to get the uh, the release of, well, I'll just look this up, uh, Biden, let's see, Biden release oil reserves. So you have to understand, this is what, this is the result of what the environmentalists, uh, the, 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 this cult, has done by having us go from net exporter to having to import from Venezuela a police state, a communist police state, and, and constantly going into the oil reserves of the of the United States. That's for emergency. Biden to release 15 million barrels. This is just the latest. He just did this, uh, a similar amount the other day. 15 million barrels of oil from the National Strategic Reserve. That is for emergencies. So let me ruin this country further. That is how the man wakes up every day because he is a nothing who is a tool of the left and it would be no different if Kamala Harris were president or any other Democrat I could think of. Maybe Joe Manchin or Kristen Sinema being president would be different. Maybe. 99% of the Democrats would do the exact same thing Joe Biden does, which is why I talk about Joe Biden almost never. I talk about the left and the Democratic Party. 15 million more barrels because he wouldn't. they don't allow... Uh, uh, nearly as much extracting oil or fracking in the United States of America. So let's rely on tyrants and let us diminish the oil reserves. Diminish. That is what the D for Democrat stands for. Diminish. Yep. Diminish America. I read to you yesterday or the day before about what is happening with our armed forces. We can't even get enough recruits as as we need. And there's a very simple reason. Most young people think the country is not worthy of serving, especially from the elite colleges. For the average, for nearly every graduate of an elite college, an Ivy League college or Stanford or Berkeley or what have you, the thought of serving in the U.S. military is is sort of like being a sanitation worker. That That is how they regard the military at these places. Not Some of them don't even allow ROTC, Reserve Officer Training Corps, on campus. The, the, anyway, they don't pay well enough. 
So that's that's been the the case for a very long time. The the kids at the elite universities would never consider going into the armed forces. But now we have an additional, not just from elite universities, because they're taught that America is such an awful place. Why would you ever serve it? And now it's happening to the kids who usually went into the armed forces, kids who love the country. They understand how the military has been decimated, how it, it has been ruined by by these awful officers and heads of the of the various military milita- what would the what would the word be military what the, the military parts no anyway the army the navy the air force the marines by and large we have people in in leading positions in the armed forces who are the worst possible candidates for leading the armed forces the worst they are they are lovers of their career benefits of their prestige not lovers of liberty lovers of the army navy air force or marines or coast guard so you, you don't have the usual number of conservative kids enrolling either. They're not anxious to be taught about white supremacy uh, in, the, uh, in the armed force that they will be joining. I don't blame them. All you need to know about the macro is everything the left touches it destroys. I used to say ruins, and I was wrong. It's destroys. I wrote a very important column yesterday. I hope you'll read it. It's up at DennisPrager.com and many other places. It's Explaining Conservatism, Part 2, Why the Left Hates Conservatism. Conservatism renders them meaningless because conservatives conserve the best. But the thing is, they can't match the best. That's the point. So they're bored Teaching Beethoven again, or playing Beethoven again, teaching Shakespeare again, or acting in in Shakespeare again, that's boring. We need excitement. The human being craves excitement like the human being craves drugs or alcohol. There is, there's an innate craving. The left lives that craving. That's why they always want new and change. They don't want better. They, they never ask for better. They ask for new, because new gives them importance. Hey, Shakespeare's an old white European male. Read what I wrote. We return. I'm Dennis Prager. Hey, everybody. I'm a big believer in this product, fast-growing trees. I am not a gardener, to say the least. But I do believe that trees make a house. They make a neighborhood. My wife taught me this many years ago. The difference between a beautiful neighborhood and a plain one is trees or absence of trees. With fast-growing trees, you don't need to be an expert gardener to have a great yard. Every plant fast-growing tree sells is raised and cared for by their team of expert growers. All you have to do is put it in the ground. 
So listen, go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Prager. You'll get 15% off your entire order now through October 31st. Again, 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Prager. It's wonderful. You'll change your world with beautiful trees and plants at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Prager. All right, everybody. As you know, if you've listened to me at all, in April of 2020, two months after the world lockdown, I said it was the greatest mistake in world history in terms of the world doing it. I made it clear it was not the greatest evil in world history. There are many competitors for that title. It was the greatest mistake. It ended up producing a lot of evil, but it was the greatest mistake ever. I was roundly ridiculed, needless to say, when the left ridicules me. I actually feel vindicated. There's no question I have told the truth, because truth is not a left-wing value. The sickening spectacle of sheep-like behavior of doctors, hospitals, churches, synagogues, schools, uh, it was truly... I guess the word sickening is is not inappropriate. So we have a book now documenting a lot of the terrible stuff that went on. Just It's coming out actually tomorrow, which is a big deal. And it is called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove, Drove the World Insane by a man who's been monitoring this the entire time, Justin Hart. Gone Viral. How COVID Drove the World Insane. So, Justin Hart, tell everybody a little about yourself so they'll understand what brings you to the uh, to this subject. Oh, my gosh. And Dennis, I... it's so great to be with you. Yep. Uh, yeah, your prescient you. call that this was going to be a massive mistake has turned prophetically true. Uh, my background, uh, I'm a, a data analyst by trade. Uh, I've done everything from work on presidential campaigns to build large Fortune 500 company websites. And I was very happily enjoying my consulting business in San Diego in 2020. My lead client at that time was doing uh, golf excursions for baby boomers. So that business was kind of dead by the time (laughs) the pandemic came around. And I said, I got a little time on my hands. What do I do here? When I looked over the panoply of data that we had, I realized they're making all the wrong calculations. Dr. Fauci is getting up in Congress and saying one out of 10 people will die from or one out of 100 people will die from this thing. And I said, that's absurd. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so myself and a ragtag group of analysts, experts, uh, moms and dads and activists said, uh, I think this is wrong. Uh, normally, you know, I wouldn't insert myself into someone else's domain. I'm, I'm not a healthcare expert. But they seem to have no problem inserting themselves into my domain, my kids' education, my health, my gym, my coffee shop. And I said, this is, this is just anathema to the basic tenet of our, our founding documents uh, indicating, you know, the pursuit of happiness. And so it was really difficult for me to stomach and say, this is something I'm going to counter in a very strong way. I thought I'd get my head chopped off, uh, but I think more and more we've been proven right. Uh, the the book basically lays out all of the myths that have been propagated over the last two years, whether it's from masking kids or to plexiglass and the millions we spent there. 
And it just goes to show you the hubris that we have that somehow you could stop a viral respiratory respiratory pathogen in a pandemic setting. You might as well put forth your hand to stop the Mississippi. Uh, the best you can do is just protect those who are most vulnerable. And we even got those numbers wrong. Uh, the great John Ioannidis from Stanford came out just the other day and confirmed his numbers. The, the best way we uh, convey it in the books, we like to put this in stories that people can understand. If you're under the age of 65, your risk is about the same as your commute to work every day. And if you're over the age of 65, it's slightly higher. It's the risk that like a professional truck driver might face. So those putting that in context, we completely overkilled on the response to this. And we're adults, you and I, Dennis, we're going to deal with that. It became very political. But our kids, they owe some type of recompense. We need to have uh, you know, some specific hearings on this so we can bring to light this stuff and, and do something to help these children who are really suffering. I had two young kids, academic in preschool. Teacher would come up to us and just apologize profusely. She knew these kids weren't where they needed to be in pre-K. She would tell us, try teaching your kid how to pronounce the letter H through a mask. Incredibly difficult. You had a teacher who apologized for the lockdown? It was fortunately a really good preschool. On the other side of the equation, I had some teenagers who were in a, a classical Christian private school, and even they kowtowed to the county demands. That's the lunch right. lady would come out and say, and she would say, hey, uh, be sure you sit perpendicular to the bench because we don't want you facing your fellow students because COVID only goes in one direction. It, it drove people crazy. All right, let me remind everybody about uh, about your important book, just uh, out uh, literally tomorrow, folks. And it is Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. It is up at DennisPrager.com, and it is Justin Hart, the author. We'll be back. Illegal drug trafficking has turned our southern border into a war zone, a war that no one wants to talk about, so that's why I urge you to see Border Battle, the new six-part limited documentary series from Turning Point USA that exposes the sheer evil and inhumanity of drug cartels and the illegal drug trade. How the drug fentanyl, the cartel Jalisco New Generation, and the Sinaloa Cartel have created the worst overdose death crisis in American history. We've never seen this before in the history of our country. Hear directly from drug and border patrol agents about the horrific conditions along the border and what life is really like on the front lines. Watch Border Battle now. Download the full six-part documentary series at SalemNow.com. Use the promo code Prager. To get 20% off, that's SalemNow.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Prager for 20% off. Talking about antidotes to the mainstream media, the New York Times, was it today or yesterday's? Yeah, yesterday's New York Times had a big piece on Salem. I ought to read you the headline. I will. I don't want to take time from Justin Hart. I'll read you the headline later in the show to give you an idea of the reliability of the New York Times, which is has as its goal to replicate Pravda in the, uh, the Soviet communist newspaper in terms of reliability. Anyway, Justin Hart has written 
this book, I, I keep saying it's out tomorrow, it's out yesterday. When you confuse yesterday and tomorrow, it is a bad sign. And You're on the road. I did that. Yeah, thank, boy, you have no idea on the road. This is my fourth city in four days. So I, I'm definitely on the road. And, and it is uh, really important. Viral, how COVID drove the world insane. He's been an advisor to Governor DeSantis and to companies. He has, a, he has his own rationalground.com dealing with this whole, this whole issue. The reason I asked you, did a teacher actually apologize to you, is that I was so pleasantly shocked to learn that there are actually teachers who have contempt for what was done by teachers and teachers' unions and schools to children. The teaching profession is in the most disrespute in the history of teaching in America for what it did to children uh, over COVID. It should have been in disrepute for other reasons, but this is, this is the biggest. Do you, uh, do you in your book compare Sweden? Yeah, we, we talk about how uh, when you look at these great examples that we have, which is basically a, a, a hundred different laboratories here in the States and there abroad, and you look at Sweden – who uh, took very, very few measures to uh, quarantine their kids, to vaccinate their kids, to mask their kids. And even with adults, didn't have very many mandates to shut down schools. Uh, their excess death rate, that is the, the number of deaths that you would expect above what you would have expected last year, is much lower than their neighbors, much lower than uh, any of the blue states here in the United States. And in fact, you know, we have our own laboratories here in the United States. You look at Governor DeSantis and how Florida was basically open from the end of the spring 2020 uh, onward. And, and here in California, I just got rid of masks uh, a few months ago, and they'll always be coming back. Uh, when you look at that age-adjusted mortality rate, it's exactly the same. You know, I read, and this is history repeating itself, back in the 1918 pandemic, Des Moines, Iowa chimed in with an editorial, and they said, the American people are perfectly willing to do whatever it takes, but they greatly dislike making sacrifices only to learn that it was worth nothing. They had the same problems we had today, and uh, we haven't learned from the past. And I hope that we, you know, this could be basically a measure so that you can take it so your kids don't have to go through this because uh, the impact is extraordinary, and we're just feeling it. Every financial repercussion we're experiencing right now is because of the terrible decisions that were made early on in the pandemic. I just want to clarify uh, when you said about Sweden. I followed this avidly. So Sweden has a a lower mortality rate from COVID vis-a-vis most European nations, but its direct neighbors did better. Uh, Denmark, uh, Sweden, uh, Denmark, Norway, and and Finland, but they did better only because Sweden had a, a unique problem in its nursing homes. So if you take away the nursing home issue, Sweden was as low as the lowest countries in Europe and indeed uh, among the lowest in the world. So I just wanted right. to cl- right. clarify that because it's it, it, Sweden the, the uh, Sweden kept every school open for kids under 16 the entire time. No masks open and nobody died when 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 you raised these issues during covid to the companies that advise you did you get anyone saying good point 
we're going to drop our mandates? Uh, we got a few. Uh, at least we were able to arm them uh, so they could do that. Uh, our group was the uh, primary data support team for Scott Atlas when he was at the White House. We did this totally pro bono, but we basically took those three or four months where he was at the White House, and we would you know, ask him, we said, okay, well, is this making any impact with people there? Uh, are they responding to this? What, are they going to change course? And he said, no, they're, they're not going to. And we would say, well, maybe our, our kindest interpretation was they're just trying to save face, right? And he said, no, Justin, these people are not smart. These people are dumb. And I'm like, oh, great. Our country is being run by imbeciles who are making terrible decisions, and they're not going to turn back. Well, you can see that every weekend when Dr. Fauci takes to the airwaves. And it's it's really frustrating because um, I think it takes a lot of courage. I can understand a, a good portion of parents who are like, I really don't want to get in the fight. Well, I, I hope this book gives them the data and the stories that they can convey, you know, to that one neighbor you have, Dennis, who's still wearing two masks alone in their car. You mentioned uh, a Christian school, do I remember correctly, last segment? Yeah, my, my two older daughters, they, uh, they went to a classical Christian school here in San Diego, and we thought we were, we were good. We thought that's terrific. They're going to make different decisions. It's built on the pillars of logic and reason and rhetoric. And, uh, but in the end, the, the county sent them a threatening letter, and the school administration, unfortunately, was more concerned with how they were seen in the eyes of higher education than they were in educating my kids. And so my daughter spent 10 days or more each apart quarantined for the lightest exposure. It was a, a terrible detriment and. So even in a private school setting, we couldn't find the safety that we needed for our kids to get the right education they need. This was the most depressing part of a depressing two years for me, how the failure of most Jewish and Christian schools and synagogues and churches. If we can't rely on them to say no to irrational secular authority, then there's no hope. The, the failure yep. of the religions there, uh, and it, it it was across the board. Even my 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 beloved Mormons completely failed, or they closed all their churches. The well, uh, uh, the obedience to uh, to authority on the part of the religious was very depressing. We'll return. The book is important and is up at DennisPrager.com. dot com. Justin Hart is my guest. Are you listening, Doctor? Yes, 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 yes. Go on, go on. Hey everybody, the male-female hour every Wednesday, the second hour, the most honest talk I'm aware of in the American media with regard to men and women. I've got a philosophical, psychological, moral, emotional, intimate, painful question for today's male-female hour. By the way, I will tell you, among the many joys of my life, are the many couples that will come over to me at speeches, like this past week in different cities on the East Coast, and they will say, I just want you to know how much the male-female hour has helped our marriage. Brings me great joy. Anyway, I have a, as I said, philosophical, moral, existential, empirical you psychological anything that ends with al question uh, 
I can pose it in many ways, so I will pose it in a few ways. If you were, if you've been divorced, did the behavior of the person you divorced surprise you? It's a pain, as I said, this is not AL, it's UL, it's a painful question for many. I hear many horror stories in during divorce times. People just acting meanly, just meanly. And I wonder how people process this. Does it make you think I really didn't know this person I was with for 17 years. By the way, I chose 17 because I I have no idea if there is the slightest basis to this, but disproportionately when I ask people in conversations, how long were you married, people who divorced, I get the number 17. (laughs) You heard of the seven-year itch? Apparently there's a 17-year itch. It happened again I was at a, just this week, at a cigar lounge in Atlanta, Georgia, where a man was talking to me about his divorce. How long were you married? 17 years. And I, I really, I, <laughs> I was blown away. Anyway... You're married to a person X number of years. You love that person. 90-something percent of people, I assume, getting married in the Western world, love that person, loved that person when they got married. And then comes along the divorce, and you see behavior that shocks you. Now, obviously, there are people who do not experience this. So I'm talking to those of you who have. What what did you do? How did you process this? I was I was married, I was intimate with, I loved a person who turns out to be unethical. Mean. Well, what do you do with the way in which that person behaved or is behaving in the divorce. By the way, I'm not even saying you may not be right. Your assessment may may not be right. That I can't judge because I haven't been privy to any of your divorces. But on the assumption that there is some legitimacy or mostly legitimate a mostly legitimate basis to what you are saying, how did you process it? One eight Prager 776. Do you say, I I guess I really didn't know this person? So that, that leads to a fundamental other question. I asked someone I have tremendous respect for, Jordan Peterson, when we were together in Miami uh, this past uh, summer, so I asked him, do you think that you know somebody 
or even yourself unless you've been tested? And he said no, that it's only a test that reveals who a person really is. Now, that, that's extraordinary. And divorce is a test for many people, especially divorce with children. Or, anyway, the, the, the issues of money and children are the ones that really test both individuals, presumably. Of course, both individuals. How can you be married to somebody for so long and then come to the belief that you didn't know them? 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-7776. Your opening up on this helps, helps people. You are what I call my human laboratory. My talk show is my human laboratory. I get to study the human race through my talk show. It's an, a, an amazing gift, and I've put it to good use in my books, especially my, my Bible commentary, three volumes of which are now out. What do you, what do, you do? How do you process the way in which the person is now acting I'll give an example of where I can make a moral assessment without knowing a specific case. In in the vast majority of cases, maybe in maybe in one hundred percent of the cases, where it, where wherein a spouse, an ex-spouse, poisons the children against the other spouse, that reveals a truly defective character. For that, I have no sympathy. To use the children as a weapon, not a, to use the children as I want more time with the children. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying using them by poisoning their relationship and assessment of the other spouse I know people married to a very unimpressive ex-spouse and never said a, a, a bad word about that person. That strikes me as the more moral way to behave. And I know people married to a perfectly decent human being who out of anger or desire to have the children full-time would say things to the children about the other spouse, which were terrible. I don't. I guess those people don't think that there is a, a just judge in the heavens who will assess their behavior. So that's the that's the question. How did you process the behavior of your ex-spouse during divorce? given the fact that you have lived with them for so long? And does it really uh, maybe confirm Jordan Peterson's theory? You don't know anybody until they've been tested.
a very uh, scary thing. All right, we return. Male, female, hour, 1-8 Prager, 776. I'm Dennis Prager. Six short months we went together, decided it should be forever. Two paychecks were better than one, a diamond ring. All right, everybody, Dennis Prager here, male, female hour. Do we know anybody really, truly, unless there's a test, is the bigger question, but the specific male, female question is, did divorce reveal to you a different person than you thought you had married. Very amazing. So let me see. By the way, here is the brief vote. South Carolina, yes, surprised. I got, wow, South Carolina. How come there's so much divorce in South Carolina? Three South Carolina lines. That's amazing. Greenville, Mount Pleasant, and Williamston. Not surprised, San Diego, oh, it's a divorce attorney, I want to take that. Michigan, very surprised. Minnesota, surprised, wow. That's got to be part of the horror of some divorces. I can't believe I I didn't know this person. It probably has an effect on, on you as well in the sense that can you trust your own judgment? And I say this with complete sympathy. There's no, there's no judgment of your non-judgmental or non-judgmenting abilities. That's why the question is is accurate. Do you really know someone until a test? I feel that there are people in my life that I I truly do know. But I have great sympathy for the stories that I'm hearing. Let's go to the divorce attorney here who sees a lot of this. Thomas in San Diego, thank you for calling. Let me try to get you. There you go. Hello, Thomas. How are you? Okay. Yeah, so what I observe is that we do a lot of mediation in our practice, and it seems like most of the people that come through our doors are basically decent people. Uh, and uh, you get into mediation and you're talking about the case and what's unexplainable is some of the viciousness that comes out uh, in the form of disrespect, I would say. Uh, it's as though that person has completely lost respect for the other person uh, and can't say another, uh, even a nice word about them. Uh, and I do. I have a theory about this, if you want to hear it. I love theories about life. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I think today we're, we're living in a world where uh, people tend to you know, 
see themselves as victims and see the, the other person as the cause of their problems. Uh, and uh, what tends to happen is, you know, we have a saying in our practice that uh, all men are narcissists and all women are borderline personality disorder. Uh, and what we mean by that. <laughs> one minute. I'm, I'm reveling in that. It is one of the darkest assessments of humanity I have ever heard. <laughs> but I'm laughing because there's, there's a, there is a kernel or maybe two and a half kernels of truth. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You know, particularly the women are are fixated on this idea that that husband has a personality disorder, and so contact with him is bad for the children. And uh, the the guys think that she's just gone off the deep end crazy. Uh, but either way, there's just this lack of respect. In, in otherwise decent people, and it seems to me like they've bought into, you know, we spend a lot of time when we do, we do some coaching as well, uh, and we spend a lot of time trying to help people to reframe this and to think charitably, because that's what the court wants you to do, certainly. Well, th- this has been uh, uh, a very important call. Yes, thank you for that. He's right. I mean, otherwise decent people, but that's that's of course that's that's a uh, that gives substance to the argument that you don't know people till they're tested. M- most people are otherwise decent till the test. I I frankly I think that uh, the last two and a half years in America were a test. In many arenas, I won't, I won't develop the idea right now. I have certainly developed it on other hours. There are a lot of tests. That's That was something. Okay, let's see here. Um, hmm. Well, very, very remarkable. Ypsilanti, Michigan. Sam, hello. Dennis, I am honored to be your lab rat if it helps people. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to ask me uh, questions that would be offensive, if it helps kids, parents stay together, it, it's worth it. Well, so, tell us your, your story. What happened? My you- uh, ex-wife left with my children, which was very surprising until I looked back at the simple little test that I had, which was, I want you to change your name when we get married to my name. And then when we were about to get married, she didn't want to change her name. And the reason why she said she didn't want to change her name was because she said she already had three children and she said she didn't want to change her name from her children's name because it would alienate them. I bought that and I really didn't have any leverage and we were about to get married so we got married. Okay, hold on, hold on. We shall hear more.
That's a perfect Texas choice. All my exes live in Texas. Where the hell did you find that song? Uh, is that a famous song, Sean? That uh, am I just revealing ignorance of pop music? Uh huh. All right, I acknowledge it. That was great. Back to Sam in Michigan. So what? Ha- you, you're uh, you're a young man. You uh, you divorced after you did. Your wife leave the marriage. She left the house with the two children that we had while we were married for 10 years. The only reason I'm not laughing about the Texas song is because it is a famous song and she's from Texas actually. So. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Uh, and no, it anyways, isn't. So, so wait, did she take the children away from you or, 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 or do you have contact with them now? I'm going to pick them up in two hours, but the thing is, when we were married, she already had three children, and she would, as a, I started to see a pattern that whenever we had a disagreement or a fight or something like that, she would take the older three, is what we called them, um, who I was taking care of, she would take them to her mom's house, and she'd be gone for an hour or a day or something like mm-hmm. that. So and, you were not shocked by her behavior? Uh, after the marriage, I was, I was shocked when she took our biological children. Oh, I see. I understand. Yeah. It yeah. was it wasn't the original one. I hear you. Well, folks, let me review and then offer a thought. So Jim in Atlanta was surprised. Easier to deal with anger than the hurt of loss. That's another issue too. David in Greenville, South Carolina, yes, surprised, married 15 years. Child born, then kicked me out of the house. Jonathan Prescott, Arizona. Dad caught cheating on mom after 47 years. We were all surprised. Well, that's that's a different issue in some ways. So I'll have to deal with that on another, on the roots of infidelity. Let's mark that down, folks, for a male-female hour. Jeremy in Williamston, South Carolina, not surprised at the end. John in Fort Worth, the only one to say the still friends, not surprised. That's good. Well, everybody, how do you know whom to trust? I think I need to do that. In fact, in a forthcoming hour, I will. Hey, everybody. Dennis Prager in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yesterday, Atlanta the day before. Orlando the day before. L.A. Tomorrow, Pittsburgh. I have to tell you, It's a joke, but it's not a joke. Get my point? I'll tell you what the joke that's not a joke is. I have a certain recurring nightmare 
that I will be in a city giving a talk and say I'm in the wrong city. I can't tell you how that uh, how, hounds me. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Great to be here in San Antonio. Oh, I'm in St. Louis. That's really terrible. And, and I don't know how you get out of it. <laughs> You've just insulted 500 or 1,000 people. <laughs> anyway, here I am in Philly. We have 1,200 coming tonight. We're on this battleground tour of the country on behalf of the elections. So the polls are coming out now saying that it looks good for Republicans. So allow the man you're listening to to offer his view. It means nothing to me. Uh, The polls that were bad meant nothing, and the polls that are good mean nothing. It is clear that no matter how wrong the pollsters are, people still take them seriously. There is no profession of which I am aware wherein one can be so consistently wrong and have still uh, people still trust it. Although there is a lot of competition now, the, the medical establishment is consistently wrong for the last years, and people still trust it. NIH, CDC, AMA, all the, the, all the uh, associations, whether it's Children's Hospital Association, the uh, Pediatric uh, Doctors, Pediatricians Association, uh, they get everything wrong, and uh, people still trust them, although a lot of people are not. It, not. Not every American is gullible, thank God. But I will, I will just tell you, it, it, I find it hard to imagine that somebody who is conservative a term that I more embrace than ever because I want to conserve all that is, which is beautiful from the past. That's what a conservative is. I beg you to read my latest column. It's up at my website. It's up at Town Hall and many other websites. Part two of, of explaining conservatism. I can't imagine that anybody who's conservative will not vote. Allow me to tell you the things that, among the things that most annoy me, are are conservatives or people who say they're conservative and then call and say there's no difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. The ability of people to say things that are just not true and believe them is apparently infinite. No differences between the Democrats and the Republicans? Wow. One of the true revelations of my second half of life, I knew this my first half of life, but you know this sort of knowing and then really, really knowing, and I really, really know how many people allow emotions to overtake reason. That's, of course, the the defining characteristic of leftism, but it is not only among leftists. Another group that does that uh, are people who vote for the Libertarian Party who are conservative. Yep, I'll do whatever I can to make sure that the left wins by depriving the, the conservative party of my vote. It's pure emotion. There is not a sink, there's not a shred of moral or empirical evidence to support that decision. So if I have to ruin it for the Republican Party, A, I'm a purist. 
There are flaws in the Republicans, so I will let the left win. It's genius. This is just a genius approach to things. So, yes, you're morally obligated to vote if you're a conservative. A lot of these races are apparently tight. But as I said, I, I don't... I. I only comment on polls because it's my job to offer a thought on some contemporary development. But otherwise, I don't read the polls, and I, well, I do because I do a talk show, but I don't for my own personal understanding of what is going on in life. The fact that any of these races are close, every, every city run by Democrats is being ruined, Every institution run by the left is ruined, and people still vote for that. I understand leftists. I do. I understand leftists voting for the Democrats. I don't understand liberals. I take that back. I do understand liberals. It's it's pure emotion. They can't vote Republican. It does not matter how much harm the Democrats do. They will never vote Republican. It has been ingrained in them like their DNA. I had it. I understand it. I was Democrat until Ronald Reagan. It's very, very, very hard emotionally the first time I voted Republican. I thought I was compromising on all that was noble and fine and kind in life. That's what I had been taught. Danger on the right. That was embedded in me from such, and not even by my parents, just by the society. Well, that's uh, that's the polls issue. Here's a great story for you, just um, from Just the News, an important website. Social media platforms target cardiologists who went from booster to critic of COVID vaccines. Hmm. As the CDC committee votes this week, this is unbelievable. The contemptible CDC. Utterly contemptible. They're, in a better world, some of these people would be prosecuted for crimes against society. A CDC committee voted this week to potentially add COVID-19 vaccines to the routine schedule of immunizations for all ages, making them mandatory for public school students. Boy, if that's true... It's another reason not to take your kid out of school. You will have to give your child, your child. You know that in Denmark, where I'll be in two weeks, I'll be able to report on this firsthand by sheer coincidence. I'm giving a speech in Denmark. And I'm going to ask them about that. They apparently have uh, stopped giving the vaccine to people under either 50 or 60. I don't remember which it is. A British, cardio- a British cardiologist who once promoted COVID vaccination on TV will go before Parliament to argue the opposite. Asim Malhotra, who recently wrote an unusual first-person medical paper calling for a pause and reappraisal of global vaccination policies for COVID-19, quote-unquote, has become... Increasingly vocal in his skepticism of the jabs since his healthy father's inexplicable cardiac death 
six months after vaccination. How many of you know somebody who inexplicably died after vaccination? I do. I don't know anybody who died of COVID, but I do know somebody who died inexplicably after vaccination. In a phone interview with Just the News, he called COVID vaccines, quote, one of the worst pharmaceutical interventions in the history of medicine, whose harm is so thoroughly documented that it shouldn't even be worthy of debate to pause vaccination campaigns. The only explanation in his mind is the increasing unchecked power of big pharma over the last two decades and willful blindness of policymakers and regulators. That is exactly right. The increasing unchecked power of big pharma and the willful blindness, willful blindness, that means they desire desire to be blind, of policymakers and regulators. There's one reason he published in the Journal of Insulin Resistance, it doesn't take money from corporate interests. I want a good rebuttal to the paper, but most criticism is considered of character assassinations, Malhotra said. Oh, that's a shock. Most criticism from the left, which is the pro-vaccine world, has uh, been character assassination. That's really surprising. More coming up. Yeah, that's what we do. There's no two ways about that. I've been reading to you about this uh, this professor in uh, in England. I'm looking for it again. There, yeah, we go. Testifying before Parliament, he was a big booster. This cardiologist of the vaccine. Then his father died for no explicable reason six months after getting the vaccine and he looked into it further this reminds me and i say this with only respect please understand but it reminds me of the woman it's one of the maybe 10 calls i remember in 40 years that just is engraved etched sculpted burned tattooed into my memory Woman called me and said, Dennis, I want you to know I I'd always disagreed with you about capital punishment. I was always against it, and you're for it. Well, my brother was murdered recently, and now I agree with you. So, of course, I told her how much I felt for her. It's a horror of her brother being murdered. It's, it's almost almost too difficult to go there, a loved one being murdered. It's bad enough died, but murdered. But then I added, I have to be honest, I said, I don't. I got to say, it, it, it's disturbing. So when everybody else's brother got murdered, you were okay with keeping murderers alive. But now that your brother is murdered, all of a sudden, it's not such a great idea keeping all murderers alive. She said, you're right, I agree. To her credit, that's right. Same thing with this uh, professor. To his credit, he now realizes that those of us who have been warning you about the vaccine uh, are not deniers or extremists or anything like that. I never gave 10 minutes thought in my whole life to vaccinations. Now I know they lied. I mean lied. 
I mean lied for money because of big pharma. They lied for money in telling you to get vaccinated with a vaccine that isn't even a vaccine. They admit it's now universally admitted. It doesn't protect you against COVID. And telling you to give it to your children, that that is criminal. Literally, C-R-I-M-I-N-A-L, criminal. But the herd, the sheep, a.k.a. the left, all believe it. And liberals all believe it. Many conservatives believe it. But there's no reason to believe it. So now what happened to this man? Like the woman whose brother was murdered, his father died inexplicably, and he's a cardiologist. Big booster of this, when all these other people were dying inexplicably of the vaccine. But now he has awakened. Testifying on COVID vaccine damage before the all-party parliamentary group in the House of Commons. What is today, Wednesday? Yeah, tomorrow, Thursday. The British government must announce an immediate halt to the UK's COVID-19 vaccine program and launch a public inquiry to fully assess the risks and benefits associated with the new mRNA vaccine technology, Malhotra said. And he tweeted out, it's time to put patients before profits to put truth before money. Well, (laughs) CDC ain't going to do that. To put human needs ahead of the needs of an immoral, psychopathic entity. All right, he's a young guy, this uh, Asim Malhotra, cardiologist. Says he's a leading cardiologist and public health campaigner. Fellow of the Royal College of Physicians. All right, look at that. They'll kick him out. I wonder if he'll get kicked out. I wonder if Twitter will ban his tweets. The reason the left doesn't allow you to hear dissent is because they're afraid of dissent. That is the reason. Oh, talking about that, where is the New York Times? Do you see a New York Times here by any chance? I brought one around. I don't have it. I don't have it. You, you do? You're getting one? You're, you're Okay, thanks. There's a big article in today's... Uh, Alan, send me the link. Today's New York Times has a big article. i got to get you the headline to give you an idea of how the New York Times reports things. The New York Times is a disgrace. It is a moral disgrace. It's very sad. All these institutions have been corrupted. Today's paper, here we go. Let's see if I can find it. They have an article on the Salem Radio Network, on Salem Communications, which I have... um, I am part of, obviously, and it's actually, they did Salem a massive favor. I mean, the article is about how powerful Salem media become, which is fine with me. Let's see, Salem, here we go. Let's see if I can find it. Here we go. Let's see. I, now, uh, they don't have the same headline in the on the Internet that they do in the paper. That is so unfortunate. Basically... It is about, uh, let's see, the rise of a conservative radio juggernaut. And they they write about how we are, uh, in, in, the, in the headline, 
that's the thing. Yeah, this is not not good. I got to get the physical. I I saw it in the physical paper. How uh, Salem Media is going around the country, which is what I'm doing. This is it's about this tour, spreading misinformation. They have misinformation in the headline. It is not an editorial. Not an editorial. It is a news item. But they give no. They 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 gave no example. What is the misinformation? Misinformation is 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 euphemism for lie. So I'd like to know what lie have we been spreading that my, that uh, a lot of us are are uh, are not sure that the last election was honest. Why is that misinformation? You have to give false information in in order to give misinformation. Now. May, as I've said, it's ne- I, it has not been proven. I, I acknowledge that. Very, very little uh, has been proven. It's not been proven. It's been disproven that there was collusion between the Russian uh, government and the Trump campaign. Has the New York Times ever listed that we at the New York Times, the Washington Post and CNN and NBC and ABC and CBS and PBS and NPR have uh, engaged in misinformation for two years? The word is selectively used. Why do they do this? Because they they don't have a counter. They don't have a counter to Dr. Malhotra. That's the point. They're debating whether to give vaccines to children to make it mandatory to give the COVID vaccine to children. This should scare you. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.